Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Previously on A New Winter. Nothing wrong with that, he laughed. Unless someone's told you otherwise, it's still 1967. This is episode 47 and the beginning of season 4 of A New Winter. Nineteen sixty-seven? Are you kidding? No, why would I be kidding? I've been sent back to nineteen sixty-seven. The wide skeleton who sent me here. What was he up to? Why had this happened? I turned around, and the man noticed the stab wound on my back. Jesus, lad, what have you been up to? Oh, um, a simple misunderstanding. Hmm. Well, let's get that sewn up, eh? I did a few of these in the war, you know. Come on, come back round. He led me into the back of the shop where, in the corner, was a small green leather chair and an ashtray with a heap of used cigarette butts lying in it, abandoned and thrown in with the others after being sucked dry. Take a seat, the old man gestured towards the chair. I sat with a smile as he started opening cupboards. (sighs) Where is this bloody thing? Ah, here we go. He brought out a small tin, and inside was some antiseptic, some plasters, a needle, thread, and general first aid items. Right, take off your top and lean forward. Let me get a look at this wound. God, what did it? I leant forward. A knife, I said. Oh, knife, eh? Never been stabbed before myself, but shot, yeah. Stabbed, no, something a bit... I was something a bit dirty about stabbing someone. 
It's not quite right. Something more personal, you know? Unfortunately, I did know, but I kept quiet. Well, you seem to be all right here. Just going to patch this up. I'm Terry, by the way. So, uh, so tell me, you always get into these, uh, misunderstandings? Well, they seem to be happening more regularly, at least, I mumbled. I had a son, you know. Would have been about your age now, I'm guessing. He used to draw. Got a few of his pictures up there, see? I looked on the wall and saw some rather average sketches of people's faces, hands, but mainly one of an older woman. Terry must have sensed what I was thinking. His mother. She died, unfortunately. (sighs) I miss her every day, you know. These pictures are great, I know that, but with them both passing, leaving me on my Todd, it's just nice, you know, having them up. Yeah, I know I did. Your son, what happened, if you don't mind me asking? Terry let out a sigh. Well, he was, uh, he was sacrificed. But we was promised he'd come back, that we'd saved him from true death. And, lo and behold, he did come back. Came back from the darkness, saved by Bob. And we was grateful. I mean, don't get me wrong, but... But something went right. I don't know, I could just feel it, you know. And all of a sudden, he was gone. Snap. Just like that. So he could still be out there, I asked. Alive. Nah. Where did he go? You don't leave here, you know that. As much as you may want to, the town rarely lets anyone leave. That's what happens to some of them that come back. They're just, poof, gone. Shame, really, I guess. We're told that they've transcended, but I don't know. Sounds like dying again to me. I sat there quietly, thinking. What if these that have returned? What if they're the experiments that have gone wrong? The experiments for a longer life that failed. What becomes of them? I thanked the man behind the counter and walked out of the shop. As I observed my surroundings, I realised that this is what had been wrong since I got here. That everything was of another age. That the church hadn't been rebuilt because it hadn't even been burned down yet. I made my way back to Lawrence as calmly as I could, trying not to meet anyone's eyes. I thought about the wide skeleton's words, living on that boundary of space and time. Had they been able to manipulate time in their search for immortality? Was this really what they were searching for in the first place? I started to wonder. As I approached Lauren's home, I was trying to think of the most legitimate reason for how I look, caked in blood and dirt. And then, as a backup, the most legitimate reason of why I might have killed a bunch of their own townsfolk. I mean... The word might already be spreading by now. And then I took a deep breath and thought, you know what, screw it. I'm not going to try and worry about it. I did what I had to do, and I stand by it. In fact, in fact, I'd even scared them. Monster, they called me. And they were probably right. I had become a monster. I had now done things I would never have thought capable. Or maybe I was capable of them the whole time and just didn't realise. I walked into Lauren's home and called out, Hello? But no one answered. I was relieved. I could do with the rest, to be honest. I showered up, changed my clothes and looked a lot more respectable. I thought I'd make something to eat and appear helpful, but 
When dinner time came and went, and I was still alone, I got worried that something had happened, or worse, something was about to happen. There was no TV, just a radio and a few books. I started reading, and, in my exhaustion, I fell into a deep sleep. In my dream, I was floating through the town, how I remembered it anyway, and at each side of the road was a different memory. Except they weren't memories. It felt like they should have been... It felt like they should have been mine, but... They weren't. Buying sweets at the local supermarket. Falling off my bike outside the post office. Flirting with a group of girls outside the pub. And then, as I went on, they started to turn into premonitions. Things yet to come. But they took a jump in time. And I was suddenly in my 40s, late 40s it looked like. Bloated, haggard and shouting at a scared young couple for parking too close to my car. And then the vision stopped. There was nothing. Just empty streets. Then I realised I was floating into a blue light. But just before I got too close to it, a spider stepped through it. A huge, human-sized spider. Hairy, horrid legs all coming towards me. But I felt no sense of danger. I am the beast, it said. I know, I replied. You have watered down your past to make room for your future. This is not my future, I said. It might not be your past either. I'm going to tell you the three things you need to know. Three things that will help you leave here. Who says I want to leave? You must. Only when you leave can we move forward. The spider moved closer. Number one, he said, the red bird will sing the truth. I nodded. And number two, beware the hanging heart. There is nothing for you there but death. I nodded again. Number three, the golden cross dances along the tide. If it meets its match, someone will surely die. I understand, I answered. Now keep in mind what I say, if you may not like it one day. If you're struggling to make out what's real, tell yourself, what do you truly feel? Then with that, the spider disappeared and I woke up. I was still sitting in the armchair with a book by my side. It was deathly quiet and it must still have been nighttime. I yawned and stood up. It was strange no one had come back yet. What had happened? I went to get a drink of water, and as I turned into the kitchen, there, crouched on the floor, was a figure, completely still, its head lowered, long, thin strangles of hair hung down. It had a metal collar around its neck, and a chain attached to it, loose, on the ground. It was naked, save for some stained white wife runs on. It was dirty, grubby. I could smell it from where it stood. It was skinny with long limbs, and after a couple of seconds of staring at it, it looked up at me. It was undoubtedly a deformed human. His face was disfigured, broken yellow teeth, a nose that had been mutilated. And what scared me most was its eyes. They were wild, frenzied, larger than the moon. He looked 
feral. I dared not move. We just stared at one another, unblinking. And in the short space of time that I felt I had, I went over my options. I could run and grab a weapon and attack it. But who would say that it meant me harm in the first place? It certainly didn't look friendly, but still. I could escape through the back door, but would that help? And I guess that was it. Fight or flee. The creature made some kind of snapping of its jaw. Maybe I could reason with it, I thought. I don't know why you're here, I began. But just tell me what you want. It cocked its head sideways. And then, like an animal, flung itself towards me, screeching. I quickly backed out of the kitchen and into the lounge to find a poker by the fire. I swung it around and it clunked against the creature's head. It hadn't really hurt it. It was just more shocked. I took the opportunity to become more aggressive. I thrashed out at it, like a wild animal would, and it backed slowly away, snapping its teeth and growling, waiting for my guard to come down. I didn't want to get it into a corner. I needed to just get it out. Then maybe I could find help. But as I began to back out of the room, a high-pitched whistle went off somewhere outside. The creature looked up to the sky, let out an almighty screech and jumped out the open window. As I stepped forward to see where it had gone, instead, all I could see were three large white balls, about ten feet by ten feet, perfectly round, but moving ever so slightly, as if made of liquid. I know it sounds ridiculous, but they felt alive, like they were watching me. I didn't look away. The creature had disappeared. Where did not interest me right now? I felt a pressure in the air, like some kind of low frequency was upsetting the atmosphere around us. They're talking to me, I thought. Then along with it came a high-pitched frequency. They're trying to find a way. They're searching for a way for me to understand. But I wasn't so sure if I wanted to hear what they had to say. Just then there was a flash in the sky, like a bolt of lightning, and immediately afterwards, there was daylight, and the three white spheres had gone. In fact, it was quiet. Some may say peaceful. It was as if nothing had happened. I looked down at my clothes, and they were clean. I was clean. My hair was even brushed up and styled. Hey, Noren walked in and hugged me from behind. What are you looking at? I... I don't even know, I answered. Let's go out for some breakfast, huh, she said. I'm hungry. And she excitedly threw on a coat and grabbed her keys. Then as I followed her around the house, I noticed that things were different. Where's your mother, I asked. My mother, she repeated back, quizzically. But I didn't answer. Instead, my attention was drawn to my reflection, coming from the fireplace in the lounge. But as I drew nearer, I realised it wasn't my reflection. It was a photo I'd never seen before. It was a photo of Lauren and I. And I was holding a baby.
If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. For more info, including how you can support the show, please visit anewwinter.com. Thank you for listening to A New Winter. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.